Welcome back to The Watch List. I'm Nicole Petalides. Our focus is commercial real estate. And right now we have Marcus and Millichap reporting its earnings last week, and we want to get all the details. And we're so happy to have the company's CEO with us right here on set, Hassam Najis with us. Thank you for being with it's us. my pleasure. I mean, there's no doubt it's been a choppy market, tough to get people back to work. But tell us a little bit about the earnings, how you felt about it, and the outlook. Well, we're a great proxy for the overall commercial real estate market because we specialize in investment brokerage and financing for private investors, institutions, and everything in between. Mm -hmm. And there's no doubt that uh, what has occurred from a Fed action perspective is nothing short of a shock to the industry. We view the situation as a missed opportunity in 2021 for the Fed to gradually ease back to higher right. interest rates and tighter financial conditions, that opportunity was missed. Mm -hmm. Therefore, it took a, a sledgehammer in 2022 to normalize interest rates. But the shock, because of the speed and the trajectory, yeah. has created a very serious pricing dislocation where valuations are being challenged because of the rapid run-up in the cost of debt. Right, and that's the whole thing. And that's been something that we've been talking about, that debt has been on the rise and you have to finance that debt. If you're gonna have higher rates, which we are seeing already, that's problematic, right? Exactly, for real estate investors, they typically use somewhere between 50 to 70% of the price of the asset they're acquiring uh, through leverage. Right. And uh, that average has been in the 60 to 70% range. And because of the tightening, uh, it's now down to, let's say, 40 to 50%. So more equity is required to get into a deal. Right. And then the debt is costing two, 250, 300 basis points more than it did just a year ago. And therefore, the gap in price expectations between a seller and buyer is what the market is currently experiencing. So, you know, there was all this excitement, um, you know, that we were open and people were going to get back to the office, but um, it's definitely must seem slow. You said the outlook still remains that you can still achieve long term growth, but um, there's still some choppiness because if you have to do, you have multiple issues. You have the valuation, right? And that's right. come down and you can't use that. And now, now when you're trying to get loans or, or you know use that part of it you have the higher rates do you expect just slowness overall in commercial real estate well it's really fascinating to see the different trends by property type right. you mentioned office space of course it's hurting the most because of the post pandemic reluctance of people to coming back to work right but retail for example shopping centers and necessity retail, which is your drugstores, you know, your yeah. grocery stores, are actually doing really well, believe it or not. Retail has become the comeback kit. Having gone through a lot of change over the last 10 years because of e-commerce, retail investments, brick and mortar investments, are looking really good. Apartments are still very stable, and from a rent perspective, an occupancy perspective, but they're really uh, suffering from this uh, change in the cost of debt. You have other property types like self-storage units, warehouse right. distribution properties. They all have their own rhythm and, and market trends, but office in particular continues to hurt the most. And so what's interesting about that is that, you know, when will office recover in full? You and I were talking about your stat, right? 50% or getting back to the office, but you know, medical might be another one that goes into that. You, you know, you have to go to the doctor, yes, right? right. Um, retail, you said shopping centers. How about multifamily apartments? Multifamily had an unbelievable run up as people migrated right. out of cities to the suburban sure. markets. 
25% rank growth in just two years. Yeah. And now it's going through a big cooling period. Uh, but again, occupancies are very healthy, 95% or so occupancy levels across the country. Some markets are seeing a little bit too much construction. Uh, but uh, thankfully, those markets are also growth markets like Dallas or Austin or Atlanta. Mm -hmm. We're adding a lot of jobs. We're not too concerned about the fundamentals there. But the, again, it goes back to this valuation disconnect. You asked a question about the outlook for the market or the pace of the trading velocity. Right. It always takes a couple of quarters for the prices to readjust. If we get clarity on the Fed getting closer to the end of the tightening cycle, which we think we will get in the next few months, if we get the answer to a deep recession, no recession, right. moderate recession, we tend to believe it's going to be a very moderate recession or maybe a no growth period. Those two items bringing clarity to the market by mid-year should be a catalyst for kind of right. a reopening of the market and velocity. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, we had a lot of volatility in the last few minutes when the Federal Open Market Committee released their minutes, and while most of them were, were voting for 25 basis points hike, a few were looking for 50 basis points, and this, these are, this meeting happened before the jobs report. That's right. Before, That's right. you know, we got our CPI and PPI prints that are just showing continuing, uh, or maybe it wasn't before the CPI and PPI, but it was before the, we just saw the jobs report, how strong right. the market is. So what's to say they really won't do 50? And then you start to say, look, l just give us the medicine so we can move forward. Exactly. Right? That's what the real estate community yeah. is looking for. I'm sure. I mean, this goes back to like the healthcare time or, you know, when, you know, we were battling for, so companies knew what they were going to have to pay in healthcare or taxes. What right. are we going to have to pay in taxes? Now they want to know. The worst yes, I fully understand. Obstacle. Talk about the earnings. How did you achieve second best earnings in the company's history during this sort of tumultuous time? I yeah. mean, rents were on the rise, right? Certainly rents have been on the rise. Prices have been on the rise for us as intermediaries. Yeah. We don't own the assets. We don't operate the assets. We just create value for sellers and buyers. So you're brokering these deals. So we're brokering the yeah. transactions. It was our best year uh, on the revenue side, second best on earnings. A lot of strength in the first half because the market conditions were still very favorable. We've acquired some entities in the last few years. We brought in a lot of experienced professionals from right. outside the firm. And we have a great retention rate of our long-term professionals that have been with the company for 10 years or more. So those three forces, plus a yeah. favorable market, turned out to be a very strong first half. By the fourth quarter, we felt the shock of interest rate increases. And our fourth sure. quarter showed a lot more weakness than the year uh, as a whole. But we've been through many cycles in 52 years, and our strategy is lean into it, get in front of the clients, Great. support your team and come through it. And I mean, it requires a lot of hustle and having to deal with all these balls in the air. Um, what kind of team do you have from coast to coast? What are you looking at? I mean, while a lot of companies have been doing layoffs, what have you been doing um, to sort of keep the company fiscally sound, a lot of restructuring and such? Um, how are you keeping the company Absolutely. on board and on the balance sheet? Sure, well, it starts with the strategy that founded the company in 1971, no debt, and a very strong cash position. Mm -hmm. We have uh, a, a fortress balance sheet for a uh, you know cyclicality of the business right. and wanting to invest in the long term and not being really influenced from quarter to quarter. Right. For that reason, we've made some moderate cuts in expenses. We have a team of 2,000 investment professionals and financing professionals in 81 offices throughout North America. Wow. And we are continuing to brand the firm big presence in industry conferences and client contact. We're not retrenching from that. 
But we are watching expenses around the edges for sure because everybody has to. Uh, it's a nimble business model and a yeah. very long-term oriented business model and we have the balance sheet to support it. It's so exciting. I mean, I just hope things just continue to get better and better and better. And as you said, it depends on the property. Um, you know, some doing it so really well, but office space because people are just not ready to go back five days a week. And I'm not sure that, as you and I were saying, maybe that's not sure. happening. We'll I'll make a prediction that three years from now, it'll be better than it is today in terms of office occupancy. But I doubt if it'll ever go back to pre-pandemic levels. And the market just needs to prepare for that. I see. Hassam Naji of Marcus and Millichap. Thank you so much. It's what a my great pleasure to be here. Very nice to I'm see you really in person. I'm really glad you were able to come down and explain everything that's been going on. Thank you again.